Seed to Sound, presented by Banks, a podcast for cannabis professionals. Welcome back, everyone, to Seed to Sound. This week, Banks Business Development Manager McLean Sale talks with Sarah Bouet and Sarah Howard about incorporating emotional intelligence into HR and leadership training. Welcome back to Seed to Sound podcast. We are here with Sarah Howard of Blue Raven Training and Sarah Bouet of LA Consulting. Hi, so nice to be here. Hello. Welcome. Uh, last time I saw you was in Las Vegas at the MJ BizCon. Yeah. And that is probably the easiest way to catch you given your schedule. And I think the last time I interacted with you was at a different networking event, maybe the Sensi event this week. Yes. Yes. The Cannabis Doing Good. Event. Cannabis Doing Good. Well, uh, if you could start by introducing yourselves, um, I'd love to hear about your individual roles and collaboration in HR and compliance training, and we'll dive in. Sure, I'll start. So I am Sarah Bouet. I work with LA Consulting, and we are a cannabis consulting firm that specializes in FDA, OSHA, fire code, you know, local regulations, all the sexy stuff with cannabis that everyone's super interested in. Um, But a lot of that involves training, and I have a big training background, and that's where Sarah Howard and I kind of connected, was on the training and leadership aspect of the cannabis industry. Excellent. And, you know, like our founder has pointed out, compliance really is the core of your business. So it sounds like you're in the position of helping companies really avoid huge liabilities. Absolutely. And that's one of our core values at LA is helping people. We don't want these people to incur violations or fines or lose their licenses for things that could have been mitigated from the very beginning. That's really excellent work. And I know that your client base has grown a lot in the last year. So that's exciting. Thank you. Um, Sarah Howard? Yes. Well, so I kind of came about Blue Raven training um, in a weird way. I was internal HR for a pretty prominent company in Boulder, and I was sort of drowning. And I realized once the fog cleared that there has to be other HR people or managers in the industry feeling the same way or worse. Um, So as soon as that fog cleared, I started Blue Raven training, um, where I do full cycle HR consulting, anything people related. But then I also focus on first-time manager development because a lot of times that first-time manager is thrown in the deep end and they're left left to swim on their own and they don't do so well and they end up in the HR office. So really helping those managers gain some self-awareness and emotional intelligence to succeed long-term. It, it almost sounds like you're pointing out there are opportunities in the cannabis industry. There are. <laughs> Great ones. Yes. I'd also like to throw a quick shout out. Sarah Howard was a featured speaker at the Disrupt HR conference and you you can see highlights of that online. Yes, yes, please do. I would love for you to talk about or view that and see it. Well, let's let's pivot a little bit back. How did you first become interested and involved in the cannabis industry? Let's start so, with Sarah Boy. So I got started in the industry. Um, I moved to Colorado as soon as I graduated college, and I got the first customer service job I could because I had a hospitality major, and what else do you do? (laughs) I hated my life. I was complaining every single day. And finally, after talking to my parents for the upteenth time about how much I hated my job, they said, Sarah, would you let it go and just get into (laughs) cannabis? (laughs) And I was so shocked. I'm like, what if I ruin my resume? I'm going to ruin my life. No one's going to hire me. What if it doesn't work out? It's going to go on your permanent record. Oh, my permanent (laughs) record. Absolutely. That's how I felt. Um, But then I decided to take the leap, and I did what most people do is get an entry-level job. I became a bud tender. 
And within three months, I was promoted to a managerial type position. Three months after that, I was a corporate trainer. And then about four months after that, I was in a corporate position. And I had just graduated college. I've never been, I mean, my experience at Mrs. Fields when I was 16 wasn't really crossing over here. And I felt a little bit like I was drowning. And um, so that's kind of how I got into the industry. But throughout these jobs that I've had, I've realized that there's kind of a common theme of um, a lack of emotional intelligence. I think I could preach that all day, but also leadership training. Um, but anyway, that's how I got into cannabis. And I, I love every minute of it, even though it's incredibly stressful. And I've been doing this for about four years now. And you also had a really prominent role with a high volume concentrate supplier here in Colorado. Yes, I was their office manager, quote unquote, because I was eight different positions in one, which is another thing that Sarah Howard and I have both experienced in this industry. I was HR, never done HR before. I was payroll, had to learn that on the fly. Some basic accounting and invoicing with my hospitality degree. So I was reading regulations every day. It's, it's a very intense industry. And we were lucky enough to meet on the compliance end um, through some some sample intake. Um, I was lucky enough to be in an analytical testing lab doing business development and crossed paths with both of you in that capacity. So, Sarah Howard, is, is there anything you'd like to share about how you got started in cannabis? For me, it was definitely like the planets aligned. Um, I came from energy before I was in cannabis, um, very conservative, button-down, structured environment. Um, the average age was 65, whereas now the average age is 25-ish. Mm -hmm. But so I was burning out in that industry. Um, HR in general is a really tough job. They don't have HR people for HR people. I needed one of those. I was working oil and gas, and I fired 250 people in three years through layoffs. I joined an oil and gas company two weeks after oil went below $50 a barrel and realized quickly all of the terrible sides of business um, and that HR often has to be the face of those messages. And I quickly realized that my values were not aligned with the job that I was doing. I knew I got into HR to help people and to be the resource for the humans in the business, but that's not how a lot of the businesses saw HR. Um, so randomly one day I looked on Craigslist. Nobody looks for, on Craigslist for jobs, not when you're in HR. But the planets kind of told me I was supposed to do it that day, and I was able to put together kind of my two philosophies in the world. In, when I was in the energy world, I could say only half of it. Um, job karma. The other half is weed karma. <laughs> if you treat people well and you donate those services as often as possible, you will live a healthy, wealthy, and happy life in my opinion. So job karma and weed karma finally came together in the same place. I love it. That's really excellent. Um, so could you elaborate a little bit on what Blue Raven does and, you know, one of the projects you've been involved in? Yeah, well, so Blue Raven, it really started as off-the-shelf kind of HR consulting. I will do anything under the sun from creating a handbook to operationalizing your values. Um, so that's really where I like to spend my time is spending time in the emotional intelligence, value, mission, and um, vision world. Um, a lot of companies put that stuff on paper and then forget about it. So I like to spend time helping you use those values to keep your business growing and to retain your best talent. Um, so I specifically focus on what's called the budding leaders management training program. 
um, focusing on that first-time manager or transitioning manager, so somebody who maybe is struggling with getting their team on board or they've never been in management before. Really focusing on self-awareness and self-management, but then team dynamics and team management as well. That's amazing. That's uh, a welcome breath of fresh air for the cannabis industry. And I I can't think of any human-centric industry where those things are not extremely valuable. Um, Sarah Bouet, if you could share a project that you've been working on at LA, if you know if there's anything that doesn't have an NDA on it. Unfortunately, most of them do. <laughs> but um, what I am working on and what I bring to the table with LA is my cannabis industry side. So I actually work with two former regulators They worked with the health department in Denver for years. They were actually my regulators at my cannabis facility. So that's how I know them. Um, But I bring the industry side to it. What do these these federal regulations actually look like in play with a cannabis industry that is already, the wheels are turning. We're, We're already in business. We're already, we've established practices that maybe don't align with these federal regulations. And how do we find... Uh, the middle ground and how do we fix those gaps and all of that and um, so that's that's kind of what we're working on now but I'm specifically working on metric which is the seed to sale tracking system in Colorado and a few other states as well um, but I'm, I'm trying to provide support and training there that's really what I'm focused on because it's a software program that is so tied into regulation that you make the wrong move you didn't just do something wrong in the software. You probably did something bordering illegal, and there's no way to fix your mistake. Um, so I'm trying to provide support in that way because I've noticed a lack of empowerment in these positions. You know, you're the office manager, but you're also 10 other things. And no one's empowering you with the support that you need. There's no there's no one to call when you make a mistake in metric. You can call metric, of course, but it's it's different when you have the perspective of someone who's been there and made those mistakes. So I'm, I'm trying to bring that aspect forward with what we do at LA. Um, and that, that again goes into, you know, leadership training and making sure that we're giving people the tools they need to do their jobs well, especially in an industry where things change literally day to day. Since 2015, Banks has hosted the world's largest cannabis career fair for thousands of job seekers in Colorado. This year, we're taking it to the coast. Come check out the hottest jobs in cannabis at the Banks Cannabis Career Fest. We'll be in L.A. for the first time ever on February 2nd and back in Denver for our world-class event on February 16th. Join the nation's fastest-growing industry at Vanks.com slash Cannabis Career Fest. That's Vanks.com slash Cannabis Career Fest. Get your tickets today. Could you tell us more about the importance of uh, emotional intelligence and self-awareness as it relates to the cannabis industry? Sure. Um, I'll take that one just to start, and I'm sure Sarah has some other things to say. Um, But emotional intelligence skills are something that I think we're all finding, whether you're in the industry or outside of it, that we didn't learn these things in school, and it's a lot harder to learn as an adult. Um, We're ingrained in so many behaviors and ways to behave with each other that we oftentimes don't know how to connect truly with each other, and that's what gets in our way. So if you're having a conversation with somebody, oftentimes there are many factors that will shut that conversation down before you've even said the first word. Emotional intelligence allows you to have those conversations with people, ask those questions, get curious without those roadblocks. So if you're emotionally intelligent yourself, you're able to kind of set up 
for success within that relationship. And that really applies to the workplace because a lot of times we're setting expectations, we're setting boundaries, we're trying to do deliver performance through others. How do you do that? Communication. And usually emotional intelligence will help you build that communication, build those behaviors for better success, and therefore drive your bottom line. That's an incredible explanation. And, you know, as a whole, I guess I would reflect that uh, the cannabis industry has a tremendous need for feedback and accountability. And learning how to do that across all tiers of an organization is not a skill that comes from, you know, working in a garden in a basement or a black market grow. And so a lot of these businesses are facing... Um, you know, barriers to entry that a lot of other companies have already had just setting up shop. So, you know, you're closing this really huge gap, which, you know, it, it really seems to be quite lucrative um, for companies who can solve that. Sarah B? Building off of that, how it relates to the industry, like you were saying, there's a huge lack of emotional intelligence. I didn't even learn about the concept until a few years ago, and it, it totally could have helped me um, growing in this industry because you have, like you were saying, you have an industry that's never existed before. We're, we're going through these issues that other industries, they've been established for decades. And you couple that with the fact that we are such a young industry. So many people are turned 21 years old, they get their badge and that's it. They're in cannabis. I don't know anything besides cannabis. You know, I graduated from college and this is what wow. I've been doing. So I feel like I've been able to see it firsthand. And it's interesting reflecting back and seeing how it shaped me as a professional um, because I have never not been under pressure. I have been overwhelmed and stressed out for four years. That being said, I love what I do, but I absolutely could have used the help of not only my peers, but the people above me, my supervisors. I could have I could have used the little nudge in the right direction, you're doing a great job, or don't stress out, you're doing your best. But you don't really get that in this industry. I, I get that now at LA. It's, it's such a wonderful company to work for. But I've been in situations, and this story is all too common, where you feel uh, belittled. You feel just so much intense pressure that you might lose your job at any second because everything you do is so based in regulations that, again, you make a mistake in this industry, and you're probably fired. It's people don't get that a butt tender is not just a butt tender. They're following laws every second of your transaction. And just for transparency, what is the size of a violation against public safety? Just so our listeners have some sort of index. Is that in the hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands? It can be anywhere from $10,000 for not having your employees wearing their badges while they're on a licensed facility per employee to $100,000 for an FDA violation. Yeah, or not Did, maintaining records. Or, or not maintaining records. It, it is astronomical what these companies have to go through. And everyone is so stressed out. There's so much pressure. And another thing, too, is people seem to think that everyone in this industry are millionaires, that everyone's making money. And that is not at all the case because there are so many barriers to entry. So you add that stress, the, the financial stress on top of it, and you realize that your administrative team is maximum 26 years old, right? I'm 26 years old, so I say that um, as a 26-year-old. But it's it's a young industry. It's a young team, and it's a lot of pressure to put on these people. 
Well, I'd like to build on that just a little bit with the pressure and the youth. Um, a lot of times in other industries, you have a career to learn from others. You have mentors and people to follow. Whereas, again, our average age is 25 to 35, and that goes all the way to the executive team. So our young people don't have as many people to follow, and the examples they have to follow may not be the best ones. Um, one of my favorite quotes, and I, I don't remember who it is, but um, who you are is how you lead. Um, I love that. It's it's a huge deal. So if you imagine all of our leaders in this industry under that amount of pressure, just bottled up, they're probably using that pressure to motivate their team in ways that aren't so great. Um, so if we can bring that emotional intelligence back to the leaders, um, they can learn to lead in a way that's more authentic instead of pressurized. That's excellent. Um, here's a quick question. Um, what's the biggest myth about cannabis or the industry that as a professional – that you'd like to dispel? That everyone's making money. I can't say it enough. People think that we're making millions of dollars and maybe the investors at the highest level are, but your everyday operators, we're just trying to, we're trucking along. We're trying to do the best <laughs> that we can. And every dime goes back into the business for a lot of these nascent businesses. Absolutely. For me, I think kind of harping on an old issue, but it's still out there, is the stoner mentality. Um, I work with amazingly productive and achieve achievement-worthy people who just happen to use this product on the side. And it's funny, almost never do I run into that issue, but sometimes you travel somewhere and somebody's like, oh, you work in cannabis. What does that mean? And like, oh, are you getting stoned all day? No. We are not. We are professionals. We bring professionalism to the table, and we just happen to like a project, product that, you know, could change the world. Okay. Well, I think we're getting close to the end of our podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Despite anything negative I may have said, <laughs> I adore this industry. I will not do anything else with the rest of my life. This is my career. This is my passion. Um, I love what I do. I love moving it forward every single day, and... I'm okay with the growing pains. So I just want that little disclaimer there. It is a very exciting time to be in the industry. Um, and I will, uh, you know, just shamelessly plug Vangst. We sit at the intersection of a lot of those processes and how to get the right person with that emotional intelligence in your organization when it's the right time. I love to watch Vank succeed. I've, I've been in it since the beginning with you guys, so I will always be a champion of your brand. Um, and just one more thing to add that this industry is so unique. Um, I've seen interesting places. As an HR person, you get to see the people of the industries. And this is the first place I've been that people show up all hands on deck almost every day. I mean, we all still have our bad days, but it doesn't compare to any other industry I've worked with. People have passion. They show up to work and get things done. And why not start a little bit of a leadership revolution here as well? We've already started a great movement and been successful. Let's change the world in this way too. Amen to that. Thank you so much for being part of the Seed to Sound podcast. We were lucky to have you. Once again, that was Sarah Boy of LA Consulting and Sarah Howard of Blue Raven Training. Uh, links will be provided on our blog webpage. Thank you. Thank you. Seed to Sound, presented by Vangst, a podcast for cannabis professionals. Produced by Hannah Holmgren and Catherine Jamiro. Music by Tyson Weigel. For more information, visit www.blog.vangst.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. 
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachix Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.